It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you're dead. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com as well as the mobile app. With you for the next 60 minutes, multiple ways you can interact with us here on the program. You give us a ring at 201-939-4513. You can also follow and interact with us using hashtag GiantsChat on Twitter. We got Howard Cross, Jeff Fiegels. I'm Lance Meadow. Good to be with you. And a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. So we are officially one week away from the start of the NFL regular season, because at this time next week, you'll have the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers colliding to open up the 2021 season. And then, of course, a few days later, we'll have the first Giants game at MetLife Stadium against the Denver Broncos. So a lot to tackle over these next 60 minutes. We had the Giants make a few transactions yesterday to continue to tweak the 53-man roster. We'll make some predictions about team rankings, where the Giants will finish, as well as what the playoff picture potentially could look like. Gentlemen, look forward to these next 60 minutes. How are we doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? What's I'm up? doing very well. Everybody's safe and sound after the eventful storm last night, I hope. Okay. <laughs> it was definitely eventful. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, they, I mean, they closed the golf course today. Tragic. Our thoughts and prayers are with you, Jeff. It's a sad moment. That is very bad (laughs) in our world. uh, But I'm glad you guys are doing good. I know that um, that was a lot of rain, man. I have a a little like a a planter on the top of one of my um, outside patio um, tables, Uh and I measured it six and three-quarters inches of rain last night Uh in my house. It was crazy. I, I Made the mistake of going to a movie last night and then on the way home was trying to figure out how to get back. <laughs> I was like, okay. That's wow. Yeah. Well, did Water you see world. anything good? Uh, I, I couldn't focus on the movie because I kept hearing the rain on the roof of the of the theater. I'm like freaking out. Uh, but it was, uh, I saw Candyman, the, the remake. or not. The oh, remake, okay. One, yes. Gotcha. That's the one where you say Candyman five hey, times hey, or hey, something. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, do well, I don't think I'm really giving it away <laughs> considering, Howard, it's a remake. Hey, I mean, come no, on. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about the remake. Just don't be saying that. Just oh, okay. I'm sorry. Alone. My apologies. Yes. Well, I still have four more to go. I only said it once. That's good. So, That's yes. Right. I don't, we have yeah. some leeway. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Everybody's safe and sound. And in all seriousness, our listeners and tweeters who are in the New York, New Jersey metropolitan area, hopefully that you are safe and sound as well. We'll try to take your mind and focus off of things as we turn our attention to the Giants. So, guys, let's start with the 53-man roster. And we said this earlier in the week. It's extremely fluid when they came out with the initial 53-man roster to assume that it was going to stay put. I think is a little naive considering how many transactions occur. So as far as the 53-man roster goes, they made a few tweaks yesterday. They claimed, first of all, three players off of waivers. And in order to make room for those three players, they had parted ways with wide receiver C.J. Board and Dante Pettis, as well as linebacker Trent Harris. But they then brought back C.J. Board, and they brought back long snapper Casey Kreider, which the Giants had indicated that they were going to do. So I don't think that was a surprise, but as far as the three players that they claimed, they brought in two linebackers and a wide receiver. One linebacker, Justin Hilliard, undrafted rookie out of Ohio State. He spent the offseason with the Niners. Then they brought in linebacker Quincy Roche, Steelers' 2021 sixth-round pick out of 
Jeff yeah. Fiegel's alma mater, Miami. Yeah. He was at Temple prior to that. And then wide receiver Colin Johnson, Jaguars 2020 fifth-round pick, who had 18 receptions for 272 yards and two scores last season. He's a big guy, 6'6", so he gives them a little mm-hmm. bit more size. So let's start, Jeff, with your take on these two linebackers as well as the wide receiver. They pretty much went on a youth movement, brought in a lot of guys that were drafted within the last two years to add some depth at various positions. Yeah, well, I, I mean, Justin Hillier is a guy, and also Quincy Rocher. We talked about them in the offseason when we were doing all of our draft coverage, um, especially Quincy. I mean, he was a guy that actually fell quite a bit when you yeah. talk about where he ended up in the sixth round. But um, I think that's more of his athleticism that's kind of the question. But I feel like Patrick Graham will find a spot for him. And, uh, you know, for some reason, the Giants, they like these University of Miami defensive linemen and linebackers. Um, <laughs> you know, one more importantly is Jesse Armstead, who was uh, from the from the U. But, I mean, these, these are good things. And I think that this is kind of how you said, Lance, that the roster is very fluid right now. Um, will these guys be around all season? I don't know. But the fact is that they, they're building up that linebacker um, and get, getting some, you know, I thought Harris was a guy that I really thought was going to do well. And he made the team initially. But as we all know, this kind of just it, until we get to the, the game week for Denver, this thing is still going to constantly go um you know, there's going to be people coming and going and here and there, but um, I'm just wondering how many times I'm going to call Colin Johnson Calvin Johnson because he's six foot six. <laughs> if he plays anything like Calvin Johnson, I'm all for it. You That's know? great so, news. Yes, <laughs> but uh, you know, again, this is this is a product of the 53 man roster that really is and it isn't, and it's going to com- completely just change as we go forward until we get closer to the game. And, Howard, part of the reason why it seems as if they're focusing at least on the wide receiver position is you got four guys right now at that spot that have mm-hmm. question marks entering right. week one. You've got Kenny Galladay. you got Kadarius Toney. You have Darius Slayton, who got banged up in the final preseason game. And then John Ross, of course, they just put on IR. So that opened the door for a guy like Colin Johnson, as well as to bring back C.J. Board. But, you know, you want to be ready to go with some veterans in case you're not full go at that position at the start of the regular season. Yeah, you want to be ready to go with some veterans, but you know, it is what it is. When you look at the at training camp and you look through the preseason and you watch what was happening, these guys not being able to practice, not on the field, uh, not being able to participate in some of the joint practices or the preseason games, you knew that there was going to be an issue they had to address immediately. Uh, so they're trying to do the best they can uh, with patchwork. Uh, don't know quite the status of, of Galladay and some of the guys. We know that they're, in theory, are going to be back, but uh, we've been talking about this off the air with, with some guys is about, hey, you know, they played Denver in the first game. Turn around four days later, you're playing Washington in, in the second game on a Thursday night. How healthy will these guys be? How healthy do they need to be to play, you know, two games in, in basically 12 days? So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens and how this thing shakes out. Well, I also think to your point, Howard, we're going to learn a lot about this Giants offense right out of the gates because you got Mm -hmm. the two games in a very short period of time, but they're also going up against two defenses that have a lot of firepower up front. We know what Denver offers with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, and then Washington invested a boatload of first-round picks in their front seven. So not only is it going to be a matter of do you maybe hold a few guys back to see whether or not you can at least get them for the quick turnaround game as opposed to risking them having a setback in the Sunday game against Denver, but it's also going to be a true test to see where this offense could go because it's no picnic what they're going to go up against in the first two weeks of the season. I, I think also, I mean, and Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I would be looking at it, and, I, and I'm not in, you know, in the front office or in the coaching room. I'd be looking at it, okay, 
Washington is a divisional t- divisional rival. We we have to kind of win that game. If I'm going to put emphasis on on either game, I'm not going to put the emphasis on the the first game that we might be able to get by. But I'd be really interested in seeing how they you know uh, man up for that second game. So it's going to be interesting you know all the way around. I, I I don't know how the players are going to react. I don't know what the coaches are thinking, but you know just looking at it from a perspective of long term for the whole season, I'd be leaning in that direction couple things, Lance, that I see here. Um, when you look at the organization of this roster, when it comes to the practice squad, all 13 guys on there were on this team before. So that's important because I think that it's, you know, you want some of that familiarity with the offense or the defense or the special teams that you can move these guys up and down the roster as you're allowed to. Um, I think that, you know, this quick game on Thursday, as Howard mentioned, um, you get a 10-day rest between that Washington game and your next game, which is really beneficial if you are trying to get some of these guys healthy You know, at the beginning of the season. We all know that 17 weeks is a long season, um, and if you have to afford to keep some guys out for the first two or three, one of the reasons why they put those guys on IR, um, it's just a quick three-week turnaround, and then they can come sure. back. So yeah. I think that's important. Um, but, yeah, I mean, these guys uh, – they're up against some really good defenses, and I know we're going to get into some of these rankings and things, but this offense has got to come out you know, swinging because they really are up against two powerful defenses. You look at that Denver and look at that Washington defense, that is no picnic for the first two weeks for sure. No doubt about it. I mean, there's balance across the board on those defenses. I mentioned the fronts, but the secondaries are not too shabby as well, especially what Denver brought in with the likes of Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby to add to two safeties that have a wealth of experience, including Justin Simmons, who has been one of the top ones in the game. Now, I want to piggyback off of a few points, Jeff, that you just brought up. You mentioned 13 players were brought back on the practice squad who all were in camp. So that means they still have three spots open, which means it's possible Trent Harris could return to the Mm -hmm. practice squad. I would not rule that out since they still have three spots to fill. The other thing is you mentioned IR. John Ross, I mentioned, was one of the guys. They also put Ellerson Smith the rookie Mm -hmm. linebacker on IR as well. So those are the two guys that are going to miss at least the first three weeks of the season, but they would be eligible to return for week four. Then obviously the Giants would have to free up a roster spot. Lance Meadow, Jeff Eagles, Howard Cross with you here on Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. You could also chime in on Twitter, hashtag Giants Chat. Now, Jeff, as you alluded to, one of the other things that we wanted to tackle today was give our projections for where this team will finish with respect to team rankings. Now, we want to go over a few different categories. Offense and defense, yards per game, points per game, points allowed per game, sacks, sacks allowed, and turnover differentials. So I've got the numbers for where the Giants finished, guys, last season, just to give you an idea of where perhaps they're going to improve or perhaps you think they may struggle. So let's start with offensive yards per game. Last season, it was not pretty. (laughs) <laughs> 31st overall in the NFL. They averaged just under 300 yards per game. Injuries and a lot of other factors played a role in that. So, Howard, let's start with you. Where do you think perhaps they'll finish ranking-wise in offensive yardage per game? Well, you know, we got these these few days here before the first game, and there'll be some shuffling probably in the offensive line, and hopefully everyone will be healthy. So, with everyone healthy, uh, at least for half the season, I hope, I don't think they're going to be as as far down as they were last year. I think they'll be closer to the middle of the pack. Um, again, I, I just I don't know who's going to be playing at the skill position in the first few games of the season. So that's going to really affect how they finish at the end of the season. Well, I'll tell you. So 
yeah, 299 is not getting it done. Um, and then we'll even get to the scoring, which is going to have to improve too. But when Absolutely. you look at this, if this, I, I'm trying to think with the weapons that this Giants and, and Howard hit the hit it really good. He said, I don't know who's going to be on, you know, on the field for the first two or three weeks of the season. However, uh, I'm counting on these guys to be healthy through the whole season. This is just how we kind of do these things, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm hoping that this Giants offense can, can manufacture about 75 yards more a game. So that we come with around 375 yards per game. Um, that's a lot, but realistically, maybe 50. And if you do that, then uh, that's 200 and 350 yards, and that puts them like, you know, right around the top, in the, right in the middle of the pack. I think that would be a huge jump for this team, and I don't think it's unrealistic if you get Saquon Barkley and Galladay and Tony and uh, Rudolph and all these playmakers on the field, Ingram, and these guys can can put up some points in that red zone. I'm adding up in terms of where that would have put them. Based on your projections, three seventy-five or or three fifty. Well, three fifty. Three fifty would have put you nineteenth in the NFL mm-hmm. last season. Yeah, that's where the Lions finished. And I so think you want to go a, with three seventy-five? No, no, I'd like to go with three fifty because I think that I I think there's going to be some inconsistency with the personnel and sure. like and like uh, Howard had mentioned about that offensive line. I still think there's going to be some tinkering, and I think that the first month of the season, as Joe Judge alluded to in his press conference, that we kind of figure things out. I think that that maybe they're a little bit low, so maybe at the end of the season they get 350 Lance, and I think a jump from the 31st offense in in uh, yards per game up to 19th I think would be a pretty good climb. Yeah, I'm with you because I was also thinking about like that 20th ballpark because. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, and listen, the both of you combined have been in the NFL. I can't remember. I actually, not to get off topic, but I was bringing this up when we've had a lot of callers asking, well, what do you think Daniel Jones is going to do this season? And some people have said, oh, well, you know, he'll throw for 32, 33 touchdowns. And I said, hey, that sounds great. And if he does, the Giants will run that to the bank and not complain. But what I pointed out, guys, is how many quarterbacks have gone plus 20 or more in touchdown passes in the span of one season? So I'll throw that out in terms of team yardage. If you're talking about a team that was just below 300, I mean, is it realistic to think that they're going to jump 80 yards, let's say, in the span of one season? Yes, they certainly have the offensive firepower to do that, but I think we have to be more realistic. That's why I'm with you, Jeff. I think plus 50, plus 45 Mm -hmm. is far more reasonable than perhaps plus 85 to plus 90 in terms of the jump this season. I I think that if if we're going to go with everyone's healthy, If we're going with everyone health, it's healthy. I think Daniel doesn't turn the ball over nearly as much, and I think that jump is you know more achievable. I, I think in terms of plus twenty touchdowns, Howard, yeah, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think it's way way more. You, you, you're saying everyone's healthy. That means I got a healthy Saquon. I got a healthy Galladay. I got five healthy linemen that are going to play together throughout the season. So you got Shepard out there that's doing this thing. You got Ingram that's quote unquote healthy now. You got Rudolph who's healthy now. So if I'm if I'm looking at everyone healthy. Then I'm and, and you know a good defense is going to get them the ball back a lot more this this coming year. Yeah, they're going to score more. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it works. Sure, I don't disagree with you. That I just I'm looking at it more of they had as a total. I mean, they had just over ten touchdown passes last season, and that includes Colt McCoy, of course. Mm-hmm. So Josh Allen, for example, who had a heck of a year last year, he finished second in the MVP voting. Josh Allen, as great as his season was. He only improved plus 17 in touchdown passes. Yeah. So even he, who made a huge leap in terms – his completion percentage went up nearly 10 percentage points, and he still only had plus 17 in touchdown passes. So I'm looking at Allen, I guess, and saying 
yeah, maybe Daniel Jones could get to that plus 15, plus 17 territory. He gets plus 20. That would be an unreal campaign. It would be one of the most unique seasons I think we'll see in NFL history. Okay. I'm 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 going to stick with what I said, though. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not saying you're off base, Howard. <laughs> no, Don't misinterpret my not. words. I'm just saying that if he does the plus 20, mm-hmm. that will be something that will be a Remarkable. first in yeah. quite some time we're talking about. And by the way, that, that'll answer the question. <laughs> sure. Oh, <laughs> that everyone wants to know, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely would be like, okay, I think we got our guy here. So Absolutely. So, Howard, do you want to give us a ranking, though, for offensive yardage per game? ballpark number where you think they'll finish not total number i'm talking about like ranking wise 15th 16th 17th that area i think they'll be just above 20 i think they're gonna i think they're gonna move up i think a lot more defenses are gonna be healthier this year than than were last year you know denver's defense is gonna be healthier both both players gonna be it's gonna be a lot more guys on the field some retirements will change things but with the way i'm looking at the divisions and the way and teams are gonna be playing i think the giants should should be Right around 19th in, in, the, um, in the rankings for the league. All right, so we're pretty much all in the same ballpark on that one. Let's stay on the offensive side of the ball so this way we don't go back and forth. Let's now go to what Jeff talked about, which this is the one category that must improve. I think we can all at least agree on this, and this better. is points per game. Because just like offensive yardage per game, they were 31st in the NFL last season. They only averaged 17.5 points per game. So, Jeff, let's start with you on this one in terms of where you think maybe they'll wind up. All right, so we have to understand that we're putting one more game on the schedule. Sure. So this is going to, uh, you know, the numbers are going to be a little bit skewed. But I, I'm going to go, I would like to see this team improve from 17 and a half to get, give me one more touchdown, a game up to 24. Okay, with again, with these weapons and everybody healthy. Um, I think that, you know, that's sitting there at 17 games. If I do 24 points a game, that's 408. Um, that's going to be 408 up from... Uh, what am I, 17 games, 408 total, so where did I get my numbers here? I can't even read my own writing. <laughs> I'm like, what's he talking about? <laughs> You're doing about? math. That makes things very convoluted. And oh, I know what it is. At 24 points a game, okay, um, we're going to talk about 408 points total for 17 games. That's what I was getting at. So um, I'd like to see them up in, you know, probably last year was 280 points. I'd like to Correct. see them, you know, in the 325, I guess, somewhere in there. Ooh, that's a lot. Uh, twenty-four points a game. That's what. You that's were... a touchdown more a game. So that's why I just you know if you go. And that's a significant jump, by the way, a touchdown a game. But it has to be. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. John. I'm just saying, but you know, to make that jump. Yeah. That's not necessarily a snap of your fingers, and I, then all of a sudden. And, and real quickly, yeah. and I'll get let you get to this, Howard. I, I, what's more realistic, a, a, a touchdown more a game for this offense, or twenty more touchdown passes for Daniel Jones? That might be a you know <laughs> that might true. be an over under question there. Uh, I don't. I think that it's more probable that this offense can put up one more touchdown a game than Daniel Jones throwing twenty. However, they kind of go together. If he does, they definitely this number is going to be higher. Yeah, it does. Um, I think for the because I'm not used to doing this this version of it, but I I think that for the for the most part, again, based on everyone's healthy. I think that they do score uh, a few more points per game. Defense holds got defense red zone defense works very really well for the Giants. They'll mm-hmm. get the ball back a lot more. They'll have a lot more opportunities. Um, so more opportunities mean more chances. And I think uh, again, I'm, I'm 
pulling on the development of Daniel, that he will, you know, throw the ball away a little bit more so that it preserves more points down in the red zone instead of trying to force it into the end zone. I think, uh, which we saw in the last preseason game, but I think he, he's kind of like, he's going to get a lot uh, earful about, hey, you know, we'll take the points, we'll take the points, we'll take the points. And if you keep taking the points, you're going to score more. That That's just an average. So I don't think it'll be, there might be 20 points a game, uh, 24 is a lot, but I think 20, 20 points a game would be what they should be up to this year. Uh, and they should have more games that will score in the 30s, I hope. Yeah, I'm with you, Howard. I think 24 maybe it's way extremely high. bold. I'm, just, I'm reaching on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's not that you're reaching. I, I think you're looking at it, Jeff, from the standpoint of they need to get there if we're talking about playoffs yeah. and yeah. we're talking about contention in winning the division. Playoffs. I absolutely agree with you there. <laughs> I just don't know whether or not that realistic jump yeah. is – feasible, similar to my point about Daniel Jones's touchdown passes. However, I will say this, Jeff, to answer your question, mm-hmm. I think that they can get the scoring up much more so than Daniel Jones increases yeah. his touchdown passes by 20. That yeah. I'll give you. So I'm going to go slightly ahead of Howard. I think they could get to like that 21 and a half. Right. I think they could increase their scoring by about four points a game. I think that's certainly doable. I don't think that's asking for much. But I don't know if I see a touchdown jump. Would you and like just to, to give you guys an idea, yeah. 24 points per game, if we go with Jeff's ceiling, that puts you 18th, 19th in the NFL last season. And by the way, the two teams that averaged 24 points per game, they didn't even make the playoffs last year. That mm-hmm. was the Chargers and the Texans, mm. yeah. just to give you an idea. Yeah, I, 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 and I don't see that. I mean, that would be outstanding if we go to 31 to, to even that number. Um, and even if you – I think, you know, I think it's, if it gets to 24, we're all happy. But, I mean, if you go between sure. what you said, Howard, and what you said, Lance, I think this offense will be much improved and they, we will be able to talk positively about it in, in any way. Because it's a balancing act in terms of, to Howard's point, what the defense is going to give you. If you think that unit improves and they don't give up as many points, at least in the first half of the season, mm-hmm. then you don't have to put as much weight on your offense. So it's that symbiotic relationship. Let's stay on the offensive side of the ball. Sacks allowed. Now, last year... They gave up 50 sacks. That was tied for the second most in the National Football League. So, Howard, we'll start with you on this one in terms of where you think they'll finish up. Well, again, that, that goes with the offensive line. I know that we, we've been beating on these, these guys the whole time, but it also goes with Daniel being able to get the ball out of his hands. It makes decisions quicker. Uh, and, if, and if everybody's healthy, uh, the check down to, to Saquon is there. Uh, Rudolph will be another weapon not just in, in receiving, but being able to help you know, slow down some of those speedy uh, pass rushers that are coming off the edge, that's going to help. Uh, the middle might be a little more sure from some of the guys we picked up here at late in free agency. So, you know, 50 sacks, I think they, they probably cut that down by at least 10, maybe 15. I don't think he's going to get sacked, uh, you know, 50 times. He might, they might, if he gets sacked twice a game, that's 34. So, yeah, I think they, they get it down to – to 34 sacks total. Well, I, uh, you know, the old saying, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. <laughs> Until I see the improvement. <laughs> now, I know the Giants are trying. They're, they're, you know, the turnstile is going around and around to try to find guys in here to, to fit the puzzle. Um, but they need to find out quickly because these guys need a little continuity to play with each other for a little bit of time so they can understand their, their tendencies when, when who's next to me. And, and I'm sure that, Howard, you can attest to that. Yeah. You certainly don't want to have a tackle lining up every other week that you don't really know much about. Yeah. You know? So I think that, um, this, I think that they, could, they can get there. Um, you know, last year at 50, I'm guessing 42. 
Okay, so it would be eight less a game, half a sack a game less. Um, I think if 42 would put them in the top 10 last year, Lance. Um, you know, so I think that would be a good a good improvement. I just I got to see better than 50. I know yeah. that. <laughs> so yeah. does Daniel. Less than 50, <laughs> and so does Daniel. Yes, good point, Howard. Absolutely. Maybe we should call Daniel and ask him about this number. <laughs> <laughs> well, something tells me he doesn't want to see 50. <laughs> so, something tells me he's not going to be like, oh. Well, he would be like, are you talking about touchdowns or sacks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, I'm looking yeah. at the totals. 42 was exactly the 10th highest total yeah. in the NFL last season, Jeff, mm-hmm. just yeah. to give you an idea. Okay. The Detroit Lions, so Matt Stafford was sacked 42 times last season. All right, so that, that might be a little bit. But when you look at 50 being um, you know, the second most and 42 being in the top 10, it doesn't seem like it, it's a much of a jump, right? Eight more, eight less sacks, but yeah. Um, you know. So yeah, but, but what happens if those sacks lead to turnovers? So that could well, be a huge difference. Well, I guess yeah, yeah. I guess the the yeah you, the, you the sack tells a story, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's if, if those are turned if those eight sacks are turning into points, then everything's going to be skewed. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Just to give you an idea of the totals, and this is kind of crazy. I didn't even realize this until I look at these numbers closely, guys. I don't think this is stunning because of the records for the NFC East teams, but did you know that three of the NFC East teams were the top three in sacks allowed last season? Well, the Eagles were one. Philadelphia allowed 65. (laughs) The Giants, 50. And Washington also gave up 50. The other team that gave up 50 was the Texans. Those three teams were tied for a second. And look at all three of those teams. I think with exception, I mean, when you look at the Giants um, and when it comes to injuries, the Giants offensive line didn't have a lot of big-time injuries. It was just a lot of inexperience. Look at the Eagles and the, and the Washington Redskins, and look what they had. They had major injuries at oh, their the offensive Eagles, line Eagles, it was a revolving position. door. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of – you know, so with me thinking that the Giants were the, were the more consistent of those three and a lot of the guys are back this year, that tells me that they should get better. Well, I'm in your ballpark, Jeff. I was thinking if they could cut it down to the low 40s this season, yeah. I think that's reasonable. Now, Howard did the math with if you give up two a game. I think, listen, they would love it. If they could cut it down to 34 or 35, I mean, that mm-hmm. would be significant. You could live with giving up two sacks a game. I don't see why you can't overcome that. I just think it'll be a little bit higher because of, to your point, Jeff, the youth and inexperience still on this offensive line. All well, right. here, here's yeah, the other thing, ahead. too, that, you know, the number of sacks is kind of misleading because, you know, Howard, how these guys get the jump on tile sack, yep. you know, and it's in the guys are just tackled. It's, so I think that – you know, you got to look at these with a little bit of grain of salt. I mean, the numbers kind of – I don't know how many true 50 sacks there were where the quarterback dropped back and he literally got sacked. Like, you know what I'm talking sure. about. So, um, And I know that, that, that you got to really break it down a little bit more. But uh, I just it's amazing to me when you do look at these numbers and go from 50 to 42, 42 puts you in the top 10. I, I think that that's, that's – it seems so easy, right? <laughs> but it's not. Not so, at all. No, not at all. Well, and Jeff, you bring up an excellent point because I think if you look at actually recent NFL history, and we've had these conversations on previous shows, the teams with the mobile quarterbacks actually wind up giving up sometimes more sacks than the conventional guys that stay in the pocket because if your quarterback is roaming out of the pocket, he's more likely extending the play and giving the defense more of an opportunity to come after him. So, for example, we mentioned the Houston Texans. Who's their quarterback or was their quarterback? Deshaun Watson. 
Then Dak Prescott got sacked a lot, even with that solid Cowboys offensive line. So it's the same thing. Daniel Jones is a mobile quarterback. He has the ability to roam out of the pocket. Sometimes Mm -hmm. when you hold on to the ball a little too long, you're going to give up sacks. It's not necessarily on your offensive line. It's just the mechanisms of your quarterback that are in play. Yeah. Yeah, and I, that's a good point. I, and, it, and again, it's you really have to really break down these numbers and kind of understand it. But, you know, when we're kind of spitballing this stuff around, I think these are kind of good numbers to look at, your general numbers. And all I know is that um, I'm sure that the coaching staff and that offensive line room would like to get down below 50. That's for sure. No doubt about it. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. You could also use hashtag GiantsChat on Twitter. Before we flip over to the defensive side of the ball, a few reminders. Giants fans, don't miss out on the return of New York Giants football. The 2021 season is now underway, but there is still time to secure your season tickets and root on your Giants here at MetLife Stadium. You can speak with a Giants ticket representative now and become a season ticket member by calling 888-NYG-1925. Also, Giants fans, taking all the action of New York Giants football from your very own private suite. Giant Suites are a great way to entertain the family and friends while rooting on your Giants here at MetLife Stadium. You can speak with a Giant Suite representative now by calling 888-NYG-1925. And on September 26th, watch the Giants retire Eli Manning's jersey in style. We are offering an exclusive suite package which includes Eli bobbleheads, jerseys, t-shirts, and more. Speak with a Giant Suite representative now by calling 888-NYG-1925. You could select option number four for that. Lance Meadow, Jeff Eagles, Howard Cross with you here. Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. We started off talking about some of the Giants' recent transactions as they continue to tweak the 53-man roster. Right now, we've been delving into projections where the team will finish in a number of categories. We talked about offensive yardage per game, points per game, sacks allowed. Now let's flip to the defensive side of the ball. So defensive yardage per game. Last season, they finished 12th in the NFL. They gave up 349 yards per contest. So, Howard, let's start with you on this one. 349 yards per contest? That yeah. seems heavy. Uh, I think they're going to play better this year. I think that, uh, you know, they, they, they pick it up towards the second half of the season. Uh, they, they started to be, you know, one of the top, I think, top 10 defenses towards the end of the season. I think they start out earlier this year. I think they understand what they have to do and that they're, they're probably going to have to especially since everyone's kind of beat up offensively, they're going to have to really be the, the group that carries carries the team. So I think that goes down from, from 349 to right around, you know, right around 300, maybe three, 320 maybe. They're, they're going to cut it down a lot. They're going to move up in, in, in the rankings pretty quickly. Well, here's the thing about this statistic. So when you look at that defense last year for the Giants, they were that bend, don't break. They were a really good red zone defense. So that number at 349 is probably why you think it's kind of a little bit high. Mm-hmm. But when I look at this um, this defense as far as how many points they give up, they were a top 10 defense as far as points given. So I think this team probably stays the same. I think they are one of those guys who will big, give up some big plays and this and that, but I think that this team has a knack for toughing it up in that red zone. So I think that this team will probably stay around the same number, maybe just a little bit less. Um, and if they, they can get some pressure on the quarterback, certainly that will help. Yeah, I can see them finishing pretty much just in the same ballpark, You know, maybe getting to 340, mm-hmm. shaving off maybe about 10 yards per game especially because of Howard's point, the continuity and a lot of the guys returning. But let me ask you this, and I'm just curious your perspective. At least when I evaluate a defense, 
I think the scoring defense is far more indicative of what your unit is capable of doing. Because to your point, Jeff, even if you allow teams to march down the field, it all depends on how well sure. you're keeping them out of the end zone. So I look at the scoring defense is far more important to me than how much yardage I'm giving up per contest. Now, you mean scoring defense, meaning that a lot – what do you mean? Points like per the, game that I'm allowing. Okay, that you're allowing. Yeah, that's yeah, what I mean sure. by scoring okay, defense. Sure, yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah, that, that, they kind of go hand in hand, right? I mean, well, they don't go hand in hand. I, I think that it's more important that if you do have that good red zone defense and that your scoring is down, then I, I think that that, to me, is a better defense. I don't care if the guys go up and down the field. It doesn't matter to me. Um, but th- what does matter to me is that I keep them out of the end zone and keep them out from kicking the ball through the goalpost. Yeah. So that because, listen, the Giants, when you look at their defense last year, okay, and they were a top 10 points allowed per game defense, but their offense only scored 17 and a half points. So when we're talking about what we already did about how we got to get this Giants offense to get up to in the 20s, that's only going to help your defense. I mean, because you're holding these guys. What's the rule of thumb, Howard? Is it 17 points a game? The defense says, okay, we, we, we give up 17. You guys should get 18 and win. Right? Yeah, it's, it, if they can keep you down to 17 or less, then they, they think they should win every game yeah. uh, because they figure, like, you know, everyone's going to score two touchdowns and two field goals. That's how most teams look like uh, – defenses look at their offense. Yeah. There's, you know what? Um, last year, Lance, just when I was doing my little research on this, the Giants were 357, which was a top 10 defense, if you want to give me, get you some numbers. If the Giants could stay with, like, 330 – that would have been fourth in the NFL last year in 2020. So I'm hoping that the Giants will move into that top ten in in t- like maybe get up in there, you know, right around the fourth, fifth. I'd like to see them right there. Now is that total points, Jeff? You're referring to or per That's game? Points allowed per game. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry, I missed. Yeah, I'm going total points. So I mean, if you want, so you're talking about total, meaning what you think they're going to give up over the course of seventeen that's right, games. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's why I, I want you know what? I just said points that. allowed. I didn't even look the per, the per game, so I took it a little bit further. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no worries. Well, that's why I just wanted our listeners and our viewers to understand where yeah. you were coming from. Sorry about but that. I just I look at how many points you give up is much more important than the yardage because this even goes back to what right. we were all talking about on the offensive side of the ball. If you look at the Giants' offense last year, well, how did they get to 17.5 points per game? It wasn't necessarily that they couldn't move the football. It was the fact that when they got into the red zone, they, they were 46% the <laughs> efficiency rate, guys. I mean, just think about that. That means you get into the red zone, you're only scoring a touchdown 46% of the time. That was also bottom of the NFL. It was 31st, and the Jets we're 30 seconds. So, you know, it's all about, don't tell me about how well you move the football. Tell me about what you have to show for moving the football. Same thing on defense. Agree. Agree. All right. So let's stay then on topic here. So we talked about the yardage per game. Howard, let's go to now points allowed per game. They gave up just over 22 points, 22.3. And as Jeff mentioned, that finished ninth in the NFL. So they were a top 10 scoring defensive unit. Where do you see them this season in comparison to 22.3 points allowed? I think they're right around the same, but you know, again, a lot of it's going to depend on how well the offense plays. It's going to depend on how you know if they keep them off the of short fields, uh, which they had a lot of those early in the season. If they can just keep them in, into a regular, like every every offensive series ends with a kick, uh, whether it's a field goal or a punt, then I think they're going to they're going to do a very good job uh, for the defense. The defense plays well when they get some some three and out stops. They were struggled with that early in the season, so that that brought the average up a little bit. I think they'll be a little bit better at that uh, this year uh, with the with the D line and and the secondary looking you know looking a little stronger. Uh, so I think that the number 
Should be just about the same, maybe down a point, but it should be just about the same. So we'll put you down as 21. How about that? Okay. Just under. What about you, Jeff? What was it last year? I'm sorry. Last year was 22.3 points allowed per game. And that was in number, what did you say? That was, that was ninth nine. overall in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, they were a top I, I 10 see, unit, as you mentioned. I'm going to say that they're going to stay the same there. I, I think they'll be a top 10. I mean, if you want me to give you a number, I'll just go, I'll go one better at eight. Or was it eight, did you say? You mean you think they're going to move up? So you, yeah. you're pretty much with Howard then, because yeah. 22.3, all right, maybe they gave up 22 points then. Yeah. Which I'm, would, gonna, I'm saying they're going to get better. I think they're going to get a little bit better, but, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think they'll fall out of the top ten. So if they'll put a number on it, I'm going to do – they'll be eighth. Not, you know, eighth in the league in that category. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to stay put in terms of – I think they'll pretty much finish exactly where they were last season. Here's my concern, and I know you mentioned, Howard, with the experience and the continuity. I just look at – and this is actually going to be a smooth transition into our next category, which is sacks – the fact that after Leonard Williams, your next highest guy had four sacks last season. I understand they lost a few guys due to injury. I just think the pressure is also going to be an important indication of what this defense does in keeping opponents out of the end zone. Can Leonard get 11 and a half? Can he get double digits again, guys? And mm-hmm. will Lorenzo Carter or O'Shane Zimenez or yeah. Ojolari get maybe eight? Maybe nine. Will the next compliment be a guy that's borderline double digits as opposed to the gap last season? Just to give you an idea. You had Leonard Williams 11 and a half. Then you had Kyler Fackrell and Dexter Lawrence at four. And that's a sizable gap. Now, granted, mm-hmm. they spread the wealth. So there were a lot of guys that contributed and they got 40 sacks. But I do think you can't just assume everybody's going to duplicate their sack production from last season. And that includes Leonard Williams. Well, I'll let me take this. Watching sure. Lorenzo Carter uh, in practice uh, this this preseason, he is definitely going to be a double digit sack guy. Um, he's got I, the potential. I'm with you. It's not even the potential. He's you know he you know coming off the injury, you would have thought that he'd have been you know second guessing himself a little bit, trying to you know protect his legs or favoring some. No, he has gone from zero to sixty, and I and I know that you know teams have been watching the preseason. They know like okay, this guy's going to. He's going to be a problem, so he's going to be a handful on whatever side that he he wind, where, where he lines up. Uh, Zimmerman, the X man, he'll get some sacks. You know, it'll be easier for him because of because you got Lorenzo on one side, you got the big guy in the middle, and then he'll be trying to get it. So it's going to be very interesting to see how teams try to block these guys and figure it out. They're going to get more sacks this year. The number's definitely going to go up. Uh, and I think it's going to be maybe two guys in double digits. And a lot of guys, you know, right, right below that. Um, I'm looking for this this defense to put some pressure on some guys, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see how it works. I know there's some good teams out there, but I do believe that there are a lot of teams that are like the Giants, where their offensive lines will be trying to find themselves and look for Lorenzo Carter to have, you know, feast on these guys. Well, so if that's the case, Howard, they had 40 last season. They were tied for 12. So you think that number is going to go up? How high though do you think that number is going to go up this season? I think if you if you add like uh, politely, you give everybody at least two and give give everybody at least two that's in the front line. That right there would be eight more sacks. But you give Lorenzo Carter, he's going to get at least. Uh, like I said, he didn't play the whole season almost. So I think he's going to be a double digit sack guy. That's that's going to bring them up to 50, 51 sacks. 
Yeah, that certainly would be high. The Steelers were at 56 last year. I, I, I feel like for this team to move into the top 10, they were actually number 12. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm with Howard. I think what's going to happen here uh, with scheme and with health, I think that you know Zimenez and, and also Ojolari, I talk about health there because mm-hmm. he's a guy they're going to yep. have to manage him just because he's a young guy, but I'm still he still has that knee. And um, I know it was giving him a little bit of problem in training camp. And then you look at, at um, who did I miss there? Oh, Lorenzo Carter. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Patrick Graham just came out on his prep conference today and said he looks like a different player than he has the last three seasons. I mean, I'm looking for big things. So I'm not counting on double-digit sacks from all those guys, but I'm, I'm counting on multiple sacks. And I think, it, I think this team can go from 40 to get into the top 10, under, according to my notes here, to move into the top end, they would need 42 considering what the numbers were last year. So that's only two more. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say I don't think they get into the 50s. I'm going to say right middle of the pack around five more, six more. I'm going to go 46 for Buddy Ryan, 46 defense. There you go. All right. All right. <laughs> there you go. Perfect symmetry. And mm-hmm. I think 42 is where I'm going to end up because I do think that they can slightly improve, but I still see them staying in that same ballpark because I think the numbers are going to fluctuate. Even if Lorenzo goes up, can you then get you know the other guys to make up for what you lost I'm, with the Kyler Fackrells and so forth? Sure. I'm going to give you one other one that may get your number up a little bit higher, and that's the fact that I have four safeties now that know what they're doing. Okay, a lot of experience, and I think I look at some of the, the box safety guys like that can come down, and maybe we get a couple more sacks out of that safety position than we did last year too. Well, especially with what Patrick Graham could do with some of those guys close to the box. Mm-hmm. And you know he has confidence in them based on how he's moved them around. All right, our final category, turnover differential, which clearly is an indication <laughs> of wins and losses in the National no Football League. Now, last season, they were dead even at zero. They tied for 17th. And remember, early in the season, it was not good. They were in the minus, and then they recovered because they sort of balanced things out. Second half of the season, the team overall was much better in terms of turnover differential, and a big part of that was the offense was doing a better job protecting the football. So what do we see in terms of turnover differential this season? Jeff, let's start with you on this one. Okay, so we know that this is something that everybody talks about, um, every coach for sure. Um, whether the players believe it or not, that's their problem. But for the fact of the matter is, is that this is a big statistic. Um, and for a team that was at zero last year and the record that they had, I find kind of, you know, it doesn't really tell a story. I look at the, the numbers from 2020. If you are plus four, that puts you in the top 10. Most all of those teams made the playoffs. Okay. So what do I got to do to get from zero to four? Well, obviously – just don't turn it away, turn it over four more times and take four away. So I think this team, and by the way, 11 led the NFL. Um, so I'm thinking this that team. That was Tennessee, by the way. By Tennessee. And I'm going to use the old Lance Meadow term here, opportunistic defense. Okay. <laughs> and by the way, Howard, that's an inside joke between him and Lance and I, because it took me two years to work, to be able to say that stupid word. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Anyways, I got it down now, opportunistic. So I think this, this defense will be a little bit more opportunistic because I believe that the pressure on the quarterback will be a little bit more opportunistic, and I think that they will get the ball a little bit back. So I'm going to tell you that this team um, is going to be on the cusp of the playoffs, and I think that this team, to get there, they're going to have to be plus three or plus four on the season. Hmm. I think they are at least plus three. And again, I think this is going to be because Daniel Jones has matured and he knows he needs to, you know, be a little more protective of the football. 
Uh, he's bigger. He's stronger. He, you know, uh, he's going to do a better job. I think also from the secondary standpoint, uh, uh, the safeties are smarter. A lot of those guys will have that green dot on their helmet, helmet and they'll be calling things out. Knowing where you should be on the field gives you more opportunities for, for, for turnovers. Look for a lot of that uh, this offseason. So plus three is like as low as I'll go, but I, I think they, they'll be at least plus three uh, when this year is over with. Well, I'm looking at the numbers from last season. I know Jeff was referencing some of them. I just want to give our listeners an idea. Just Hopefully because you're right. in the plus does not guarantee <laughs> that it adds to wins or you're going to make the playoffs because, interestingly, the Falcons, the Chargers, and the Patriots all last season finished plus three, and they all missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. How about this, guys? The Dolphins were plus nine. Now, granted, the Dolphins won ten games, and in perhaps other years, they would have made the playoffs. They just missed out because they lost to the Buffalo Bills in the final week, and the Browns beat the Steelers. But it's just an indication of you put yourself in a good position, but it doesn't necessarily automatically indicate that you're going to be in the postseason hunt because I'm well, just quite surprised with how many teams finished team. in the plus last season and were actually not in the postseason. Well, I look at it like this. I think I think uh, turnovers are gimmicky. Uh, it's yeah, when those, you can't figure them out. You don't know exactly when you're going to give them sure. and, when you, and when you're going to get them. So teams that were like plus 11 last year, they might be plus four this year. It just – Right place, right time, kind of thing. One hundred percent. Yeah, so it's it's very interesting. Cost fumbles are probably bigger, bigger, uh, <laughs> bigger effects than, than interceptions. Although and the interceptions help a lot, but if you can cause guys to, to turn the ball over, like taking it out, there, taking it away from them, that that's big. Like uh, the play that uh, the, the linebacker had down the middle. Uh, Blake Martinez, Martinez, Martinez you're talking about yeah, Jacoby Martinez, Myers. Martinez reaches up and takes the ball away from the receiver before he hits the ground. Those are big plays. Yeah, I mean, you look at the team. Let me see. I, I'm going for the New York Giants in 2007. Okay. Um, where am I here? NFL, New York Giants. Oh, my. What is it? Can You got it there, Lance? You You're want so me to go to 2007? Oh, no, here we go. 2007. <laughs> Won the Super Bowl, by the way, and the New York Giants were minus nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, I mean, that, that, that tells the story that you just said. So mm-hmm. it doesn't, doesn't guarantee you anything, right? But it is, but it is beneficial, that's for sure. Yeah, well, and I think to Howard's point, and I am wholeheartedly in agreement with him because I can't tell you how many seasons where, as he mentioned, one year you could lead the NFL in turnover differential, and then the next year you could actually be completely at the bottom. I saw Dallas pull that off one season, and here's a perfect example. You mentioned the 2007 Giants. Okay, so Jeff, in 2008, the Giants did a complete 180. They were plus nine in turnover differential. In sure. 2008. That's and you Coughlin, said they were minus nine Super Bowl blew, winning team. Coughlin, right? he just absolutely blew a lid because we were minus nine. And when he made <laughs> so there you go. You went from minus nine to plus nine in the span of one season. It happens. It's been crazy like yeah, that. A lot of teams. Crazy. So, I mean, know. I'll go with plus one because, you know, just the law of average, I'll say that I think they can improve, but I don't know how much of a dramatic improvement mainly because to Howard's point, it's fluky. I mean, mm-hmm. unless you have a crystal ball, you it really is. truly don't know. You could be an extremely opportunistic team where you're batting the ball up in the air 25 times, and, hey, maybe you don't make the interception. It falls to the ground. So I'll be on the conservative <laughs> side. I'll go with plus one. All right, Howard, so that's our one, team real ranking quickly, projections. Lance, uh, Howard, will, Howard will love this one. So I, re- I, I truly remember that when Tom Coughlin on Fridays was Stat Friday. So every oh, Friday Lord. meeting we started out with all the statistics, and we were sitting there, and after the special teams meeting and everybody was in the team meeting, Tom would come up and go over all the statistics. You know, if you do this, if you do that, you don't do this, you do this. And I'll never forget, 
he always went over the turnover one, right? Okay, mm -hmm. here's the deal. If you're plus one on the road, you win X amount of uh, games. If you're minus this, and, the, and I remember sitting at one of the games on the sideline in the first quarter, we had already turned the ball over two times, and all I could think about was that stupid statistic saying if you're on the road <laughs> and you have two turnovers or more, you're not, you don't lose, the, you, win, you win the game like 3% of the time. And I think I tapped Tinesy on, on the shoulder and said, hey, remember what Tom said last week about the Friday stats? We're not winning this game. We're down two turnovers <laughs> in the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is like I remember Coach Coughlin doing it a lot, even as a as a an assistance coach coming in and talking about the turnovers. I'm like, why are these guys doing this? Like, we can win no matter what. Let's just have that mentality. But yeah, it, yeah. it is a big factor in the game, and and the reason why it's a factor, those turnovers also have a big thing to play with momentum. It swings the momentum so greatly for the team big that gets, that gets them. Lance yeah, Meadow, Jeff Fegels, Howard Cross with you here. Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Let's open up the phone lines as we move along here. 201-939-4513. You can also use hashtag Giants Chat. And we check in with Len in Maryland who joins us. What's happening, Len? Hi, Len. What's up, Len? Hope, you're all, hope you were, uh, made it through the storm. And we you're did. All right. How about you? We did indeed. Thank you. We got we got a little lucky down here. It stayed a little north and uh, up into Pennsylvania and then swept across the you guys so we got a, we got a break uh, we got rain but nothing like we were expected to get and i'm, I'm glad you you guys are well um well we're getting closer to a 53-man roster for opening day i suspect <laughs> every day might be, <laughs> i suspect there might be another change or two um you know i like the i i like what we did along the offensive line i like those two trades and what they brought I think there was incremental improvement, you know, in the backups, and who knows if Shane has really hurt Bailey. Uh, you know, Bredesen, um he was a fourth-round draft choice, which was one ahead of Shane. So, um, and I've seen him a little bit down here because he was with the Ravens, and he's he's okay. Uh, but I think as a backup, it was you know really really a big improvement. Now, yesterday, I, I, I'm not sure what we gained yesterday. Um, I think we cut better wide receivers than Colin Johnson. I mean, I, I know the size is kind of intriguing, six six, but he's. I don't. I mean, everybody on the team is probably faster than him. <laughs> I, I guess we'll have to. I, I, I guess we'll have to see. I don't get it. And, and again, it's Jacksonville. Uh, I mean, they were one in fifteen, and they're cutting a wide receiver, and we grab a wide receiver, and. Cut Sills, cut Pettis, cut Willis. Uh, well, Sills uh, is back on the practice squad, though. Well, I know that, but he's not on yeah. the. He's not on okay, the but he can and, still and, be brought up if need be. And you know, Colin yeah. Johnson has a little bit more size and is more of a traditional wide receiver than David Sills because Sills, remember, was a quarterback who's still making the transition. He's young in his development. Yeah, and you, well, and you think about the the big receiver also is that it's you know it's it's easier to get him the ball even though he's not the fastest guy as you're, as you're claiming. Uh, on the outside, when you're that height, you run an eight-yard out, you're in front of the DB. If you run a, a comeback, you're in front of the DB. Uh, the closer you get to the red zone, you're in front of the DB. And contested balls is where where you get the, be the best chance because you're taller than the DB. So that's what True. that's what a big guy True. that's what big guys yeah. do. And you see a lot of them yeah. in the league, and you're like, man, that guy's not moving that fast. And all of a sudden, he's got like uh, eight catches in the game. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, I just, I wish, you know, I like the kid Willis, and I, I, 
I just wish we had uh, kept Willis. And back, back on Johnson, you know, if the, if the first four guys are healthy um, and you expect Board to get a uniform because of the variety of things that he does, John, Johnson, I mean, he doesn't get a uniform. Yeah, but you could say the same thing uh, about I mean, David Sills, too. You want him on the 53-man roster. What's the chances of him getting a uniform? Well, if the first four, probably not. But if, if one, well, I, well, that's the point, yeah, though. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah, we can yeah. sit well, here and well, go over minutia, Len, right, but you're arguing right, well, between two guys that are probably not going to get a uniform if all four top guys are healthy. Yeah, that's what you're arguing. Good, good point, Lance. Good point. Good, I mean, good point. Come on, what are we so, doing so, here? Yeah. All right. Well, okay. All right. What hey, are we hey, doing hey, here? Hey, Lance. <laughs> hey, Lance. Lance. I, I said okay. No, I know. I'm, I'm just you saying. Got me I mean, on we're going you over got, things you that in the big picture you don't want to see come to fruition anyway. All right, let me, let me, Lance, stop let me being a big bully. Me. I'm not being a big bully. I'm going <laughs> I'm over reality I'm here. Joking. I mean, I'm all, right. all right, guys. All right, guys. Let me let me go back to my point. I think we cut three wide receivers that were better than than the one we than the one we picked up off the street. Now, in the linebackers' case, um, you kept you kept Harris and cut Odenabo, and then you cut Harris and pick up Roach. I guess Roach is the outside guy. Uh, I mean, was he a six or a four with Pittsburgh? Whatever he was, mid round, mid round draft choice. For yeah, yeah, mid round draft, six, six round pick with Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, Pittsburgh gave him like two months. You know, you wonder. I think sometimes coaches fall in love with players. Yeah, but Len, you know what? Sometimes it's a numbers game, and it may not be all. You know, if you look up up at Pittsburgh, I don't know their whole defensive line and rush situation up there, but sometimes it comes down to numbers, you know. And all of a sudden, and I've said this before, and I know you'll agree with me, it is a luxury to be able to have. <laughs> unfortunately, when your record is what it is, the waiver wire picks you're up there, and you get a you get a chance to get some of these guys. Well, if it, it but if it, it is a game, if it if it is a game of numbers, Jeff, and I do agree with you on that. You're right on that. I mean, it may not be the hundred um, percent why, but you know, but but, but um, I mean, he's a six round draft choice in his first in his first year. I mean, what do you, what do you? I mean, uh, you you see a guy like that, you cut him, we scoff him up right away, and then cut someone who, while in his third game against the Patriots, Harris now. Really didn't look that good. He, he's had a pretty good preseason, so he I was playing a I lot didn't of different positions. That one, but hey, hey, listen! I hope he gives us the pass rush that we want. Jeff, question on the special teams. Mm-hmm. Right, right now, if you look at the roster, we're twenty-six on defense, twenty-four on offense. You know where I'm going with this: mm-hmm. twenty-four on offense and three on special teams. If you count the second fullback and Cam Brown, Galaspia, or yeah, Galaspia, the second fullback, or um, either Hilliard or Brown as special teams players, giving them giving them five. Yeah, you got twenty five, twenty three, and five, and I think that's probably about where we're going to. I mean, either Brown or Hilliard are going to be the the special teams specialist, as is as is the second fullback. So. Well, Brightwell will uh, you be know, in there, you too. You know me. I'm a 24-24 I'm and 5 guy. <laughs> You're 5 guy. And for Howard, Howard, <laughs> so, so Len but created we're a 5. close to that. Yeah, we're Len, getting... he created a five-man special teams category, so including the three the three specialists, and then there's got to be two core special teams guys. Now, I, I you know, don't don't forget about Nate Ebner, either. Yeah. Um, he's still out there, and I know that, you know, Coach Judge likes him. Um, oh, and yeah. So he may be a guy that uh, appears sooner or later, whether it's with the Giants or somebody else, because he's he's on the prowl. 
Yeah, but well, he's got Joe's got the uh, uh, Joe Judge has got the ultimate power. So if he likes somebody, he can be on the team. But there's another case of I think a, a coach just liking a guy and wants that guy on the team. Talk to me last thing very quickly, Riley Dixon. Uh, you know, sometimes I want to put him in the Pro Bowl, and sometimes I say, "What sure. is this guy doing on the team?" Yeah. What What do you got to say about the consistency? Well, I, I know that he worked on it in the off season, talking to the coaches, talking to him personally. Um, I know he has some better personnel. I mean, Cam Brown is a guy that's going to re- – I mean, I couldn't believe how how he was running down on as the gunner. He will be yeah, the gunner yeah. Um, oh, yeah. at that size and athleticism. So I, I think that last year he struggled a little bit in, as far as direction, and I also think right. that personnel wasn't the greatest. So I think that that punt team will be – look at what the Giants are doing special teams-wise. They realize that they need to have that type of a, of a weapon on the punt team so that they can you know create that field position. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Thanks for that. Hey, You're guys. Welcome. Thanks for your time. All Appreciate right, it. Go Giants. Thanks for the phone call. Go. Let's head back to the phone lines. Phil is in North Carolina. What's happening, Phil? Yeah, hi, guys. Thanks for your show. Appreciate you. Sure. Um, the question, uh, you know, after after flustered after looking at uh, Thomas, and, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, we may have like a systematic scouting issue in our uh, in our team here because you know if you really look at it over the last 20 years i can name you two of my favorite picks out of maybe 30 or 40 picks uh that were substantial and that's uh, chris knees who's probably our best pick and our most value pick being david deal i i mean i have a quick solution for this is basically hire the <laughs> hire the Ravens uh, scouting department but it, it we do seem to do well on defensive tackles certain spots um, you know uh, you yeah. know wide receivers and things of that nature but offensive line boy we cannot draft offensive line we let me ask you a question in- I, let me ask you a question so I, I know that the, and you make a good point um, but don't you think you know, along those 30 years or whatever you were trying to – I mean, I think a lot of it – when I look at that offensive line when Coach Flaherty was there in the 2007, 2008, even into the 2011 season, those Super Bowl runs and things like that, I think a lot of this has to do with coaching down the line. And I, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but, I, I mean, some accountability has to come with that too. And so I think it's all accumulation of a lot of different things, but you can point your finger at some of the ways that the drafts did go. That they, and it, you know, it's such a, it's not a perfect science. It's very difficult, and sometimes it does. Being a Giants fan, you realize why. Why is it always us that is screwing up this offensive line position, right? When you see all these other teams around the league like developing all pros and Pro Bowl guys and and Hall of Famers. So it's it's it's. I see. I get your point. I really do. I, I think so, Jeff. Uh, it, you know, not again, not throwing anybody under the bus. It's coaching as well, but. Not every player becomes the player you want him to be once you draft him. Sure, uh, and sure. and I I can tell you right now, the the higher your draft goes, the more likely you're going to have guys that, that fans and and even other players think are bust. Uh, the lower you draft, you seem to be more methodical of, at the the approach and who you're picking. Uh, you're looking at players late first round, late second round, late mm-hmm. third round. You get used to you know trying to you know categorize and, and put your players, in, you know. I guess layer them to try to figure out where they're supposed to be. I, I know that for a fact because, you know, I've watched every team around the league that's, that's been higher in the draft, and there's very few teams that, that hit 
on their first three or four picks. And I don't know why that is. It just it just is. If you're drafting really high, you draft a quarterback. Usually you don't have an offensive line, and that's why you're drafting a quarterback really high. So he comes in in the first three years, he just gets beat up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just how it goes. You you want to replenish and rebuild your team through the draft, but it's hard to get all the picks right every time. And most of the teams that are you know successful and have been successful for a long time, they they seem to have better drafts, but they're always picking in the same area. So that, so some of those guys we consider like, oh, how, how did that guy get picked? He's a bust. They, they're they not in that area. They're down way lower picking guys. Like, okay, this is a quality guy. This is why I like him. Uh, he he would be he'll be a good fit for us. You never hear that. Never hear them like, wow, they reached for him now because they're down past the the reaching and everything into the area where the guys all fit. Yeah, because if they're in the twenties in the first round, for example, you're not going to criticize a team for reaching mm-hmm. under those circumstances. I think just in response to the caller, I'm also just looking at the draft picks for offensive linemen for the Giants. If you're just going to look at guys above the fourth round over that period of time, then your focus is really going to be on Pew. Richburg and Flowers, because those were the three oh. guys that were drafted high enough where you maybe would say, hey, I expected them to blossom into a specific type of player. The problem is, though, also, which is somewhat related to your point, Howard, Pugh and Richburg, it was the injury bug. I mean, the durability issue really impacted their tenure with the Giants. I mean, yeah. that's what I look back at, the inability to stay on the field and be reliable options. Now, Flowers, it wasn't an injury. It was maybe more of, you know, the position he was playing and so forth. I mean, now he's been with a few other teams. He seems to have a little bit more success at guard. But with Richburg and Pugh, if you're going to hone in on both of those guys, it was just their inability to stay healthy and mm-hmm. stay on the field. That Good was point. a big issue for the two mm-hmm. of them. And that you can't predict, you know. You just can't predict that. You have no idea whether or not these guys are going to last in the NFL. That's just unfortunately a combination of bad luck or, you know, maybe guys, I don't want to point fingers, but maybe guys just not doing a good job taking care of their bodies. Could be a variety of factors. Uh, it's, it's, you know, injuries are injuries. I, I tell people this all the time. You, you don't get to predict when, when you're going to get an injury or when you're not. Yep. There are accidents waiting to happen. Absolutely. And, Phil, we're going to let you go on that note. Appreciate the phone Thank call. You, Phil. Thanks so much Thanks, for uh, sure. weighing Thank in you. here. Thank you got it on Big yeah. Blue Kickoff Live. Is That is going to wrap things up for us for Thursday's edition. We will be back up and running again on Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern. We certainly appreciate everybody for tuning in. Guys, enjoyed the conversation. I will speak to you shortly down the road. Thank you, Lance. Thank you, Paul. Have a good one. Or Howard. I mean, Howard, Paul excuse is me. the imaginary Paul. friend. Yeah. Okay. Not part of this program. Right. Everybody. Don't worry. Well, Howard, you've been called far worse than Paul. I did not mean Paul, to call I'm you Paul, right? Howard. Yes, I, I sure. called a lot of different names. Trust me. <laughs> That's Trust not me. bad, then. All right. All right. With that being said, a reminder, today's episode <laughs> of Big Blue Kickoff Live is part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcast. For Jeff Fiegels and Howard Cross, the Howard, imaginary yeah. Paul Tino, I'm Lance Meadow. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. We'll speak to you on Friday. Have a good one. Bye.